Preacher was made aware one time about a problem he had in his church. It was about a deacon who was on the the, uh, leadership team, and the deacon was from time to time known to curse. And in his attempt to overcome this problem, to help this deacon overcome the terrible habit, the preacher decided he should spend some personal time with the deacon, and so... Uh, he invited them to go fishing. They thought this would be a great opportunity for the two of them to get out, and while they're out there in the boat, they could just talk about some things. And so they went fishing, thinking that would provide an opportunity to talk. Well, they're in the boat. They got their lines in the water when the preacher hooked a big one. It was a big, big fish, and he put up a huge fight. Biggest fish the preacher had ever caught in his life. But just as the preacher got the fish up to the boat, and before he could get it in, the fish slipped off the hook, and he got away. Thoroughly disgusted, the preacher looked over at the deacon and said, something needs to be said here. Uh, Now, um, I think (laughs) something needs to be said here today. Not like that, but I think something needs to be said here today. And it's this. Time is short. Um, We need to get busy fishing, and we need to do it now. We need to be intentional about it. We need to have a strategy about it, both individually and as a church. We need to make it a higher priority in our lives than it currently is. Um, uh, I heard about a man in the community. uh, One time he had a, a, a reputation for always being able to catch fish. Regardless of the time of year it was, he was able to catch fish. Whether anybody else was catching fish in the community or not, this man always managed to come back with a boatload of fish. Well, his brother-in-law happened to be the game warden, and he'd always been amazed at his brother-in-law's success. And so one morning, this guy takes the game warden brother-in-law with him to go fishing. Well, they went to a lake that was known for poor fishing. And the game warden, when he saw his brother-in-law get in the boat, he took the boat out into the middle of the lake. They're out there together. He cuts the motor off, and the game warden was a little bit confused because he didn't stop the boat near a ledge or near any kind of brush pile or anything like that where you think maybe there would be some fish. Instead, he just got his rod and reel out and uh, threw it in the water. And then he also pulled out a stick of dynamite and lit it and threw it overboard. A few seconds later, there was a huge boom, and almost immediately, the surface of the lake was just covered with stunned fish. Well, the game warden couldn't believe what he'd just witnessed, and he immediately began reciting the fishing laws and regulations to his brother-in-law. But this didn't phase the brother-in-law one little bit. He simply reached into his bag, grabbed another stick of dynamite, lit it, tossed it to the game warden, and said, you going to talk or are you going to fish? Well, the game warden, seeing that the fish, uh, or that the the dynamite, the fuse was was getting to the end, he quickly decided to fish. Now, that story is not true whatsoever, but it's still a great story. Unfortunately, I feel like there are some people that God would like to throw a stick of dynamite to us and say, you going to talk or you going to fish? Because a lot of times we talk a good game. A lot of times we say, you know what, yeah, I believe that we are to share the good news with everybody we come into contact with. We talk a good game. Yeah, we need to witness. We need to lead people to Christ. We give lip service all the time, both individually and as a church. Yeah, what are we doing? And, and frankly, we need, to, we need to do better at fishing for people. The bottom line is... Um, We're not doing a lot of fishing, and God is trusting us with a lot of new people. He's sending a lot of people our way, and 
um, and I'm thankful for it, but, but we need to also get out and, and spread the net as we've talked about over these last three weeks. This, this is the third and final message in our series, Hooked. And so far we've talked about the kingdom net, the invitation to follow Christ. And we know that the kingdom net represents the gospel and that this invitation is meant for every single person who's ever walked the face of, of the earth. It's meant for everybody. And as fishers of people and as followers of Christ... We ultimately want to get everyone hooked on what we say we believe in. But by our actions, do we really believe what we say we believe in? In other words, people who know that we're supposed to be witnessing to them and we're not, or people that know that we're supposed to be showing the love of Christ to them and we're not, what are we doing? They're looking at us and they're going, eh, you know, they're, they're giving lip service. The Apostle Paul said this to his young apprentice, Timothy. He said, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Okay, pop quiz. Who does God want to be saved and understand the truth? Very good, you all passed. And if God wants all people to be saved, then what does this mean for all of us as fishermen who follow Jesus Christ? What are we willing to do? How far will we allow this journey to take us? How committed are we to spreading out the nets to the furthest reaches of humanity? And as we wrap up this series, I'm excited to dive into these questions and leave you with some what I think is some awesome encouragement that the Lord has given us straight from his own mouth. And so with the idea of being fishermen, let's tackle these questions. Yes, that's an intentional pun. I know it's a bad one, but let's tackle these questions and see what Jesus first has to say. Amazingly, Jesus told his first disciples it was better that he leave them. Now, this, this didn't make sense to the disciples. And, and uh, you know, if we were in that situation, it might not make much sense to us as well. But Jesus said that it was better that he leave them than to stay there and minister with them. Right? In the gospel of John, Jesus said this in John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And of course, we know that the advocate that Jesus is talking about is the Holy Spirit. Some translations call him the, the helper, right? But he's talking about the, the Holy Spirit. And, and in our main passage for today, Acts 1-8, Jesus elaborates further on this, this idea about his divine helpers that the church could expect or that the disciples could expect. And this is what he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm going to send someone to you, and he is going to empower you to be witnesses. If you're sitting out there and you're saying, listen, I don't know if I can do this, then you are drastically underestimating the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because he said, I will give you the Spirit to give you the ability, to give you the power to witness. And that word witness conveys the idea that the disciples will be able to give their testimony to other people. Right? That's what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. 
If you say, I don't know if I can talk to someone about Jesus. I don't know if I have the ability to share the gospel with someone. If you have the Holy Spirit of Christ in your life, you have the ability. Well, you don't. He has the power to allow you to do that, or he helps you to do that. And not just a few people does he want us to share this with. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, you will minister to those closest to you, and then you will minister to those near to you, and then you will... You will uh, minister to those far away from you. He's saying the kingdom net stretches all over the world, the very ends of the earth, where every last person needs to hear this invitation. And so we are to be witnesses. And as we look at this, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's basically a model as to how we are to share the gospel with people, I think. First of all, close to home, around our home, and far from home. You say, well, what? What exactly are you talking about? Um, I don't use a lot of maps in my sermon, uh, but I think this will be helpful for our purposes uh, today. When we look at what Jesus is saying to the apostles, right? He says, first of all, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Can everybody see where Jerusalem is there on the map? I wish I, I should have thought ahead and got that little laser printer, th- or printer, pointer, not printer. I don't need a printer. Pointer. Should have put that and you could see that. But anyway, right there, right in the me- middle of that big yellow shape thing there, right under Judea. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. He's saying, start there close to home. You really don't have to travel far, right? Doesn't really take much effort other than loving God and loving the people who are nearest to you. This is where you start. For those first disciples, Jerusalem would have been their city. It was their hometown. It included their neighbors, their local bakery, their butcher, their banker, etc. It would have included their family, right? And that's Would you agree with me that sometimes that's the hardest, to reach your family, right? He says, but this is where you start. You start here close to you. It's a more personal call to bear witness about Christ and share the good news immediately uh, with those that are right around you and that you think about your neighbors, You think about the people that you see on a regular basis in the coffee shop or your local grocery store. When you think about those people who are closest to you, Jesus said, start there. If you know that they don't know Jesus, that's where you start. In that immediate sphere of, of influence. These are the first places. When you think about spreading the net, that's where you go. Extend the gospel invitation to those people nearest you. Okay? Now look at the map again. Judea and Samaria. He says, first Jerusalem, and then Judea and Samaria. So Judea is, is kind of like the state, right? So, so if Jerusalem is the city, Judea is the state, Samaria is kind of like a, a neighboring state, right? And so he's saying, listen, you, you go to those, per, those people who are nearest to you, those, those people right there in, in, in your immediate spheres of influence, but then after that, you, you go into the neighboring cities and, and, and the people groups that, that maybe aren't a part of your normal routine. These people for the disciples would have been about a day's journey, maybe more or less. So he's saying, you, you start here and then you kind of work your way out away from Jerusalem. 
Now, this is a level of people who are near you, but maybe not near to you. Does that make sense? These are the people that are kind of in your area um, that need an invitation. And I want you to think about the places that you go to on a regular basis, maybe when you travel. Maybe it's not even on a regular basis, but the places that you go to when you, you travel or, or maybe some of the places that you've gone on, some of you that's been on maybe short-term mission trips here in the United States, uh, some things that you, some areas in which you, you serve. Think about the nonprofit groups that serve in cities outside of your immediate uh, area that, that you love, that, that are near and dear to you, those, these causes that are important to you. Now, if you cannot personally be involved how can you support these groups in their efforts? You say, I, listen, I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I can go do a mission trip. I don't know if I can do a week long. I don't know if I can do a weekend. I don't know if I have the ability. Not everybody does. If you can't go, maybe think about committing to giving. Listen, I can't go, but I believe in this, and so I want to financially support this organization for doing what they're doing. Can you commit to praying for them? And not just, again, not just give lip service about, yeah, I'm going to pray about that, but genuinely pray about those missions that are uh, dear to your heart, those causes that you know are serving people, that are changing lives, that are extending the net and reaching people for Jesus Christ. And then the ends of the earth, he says, okay, first of all, whoop, my map went away. We're in the ocean now. There we go. Okay. Um, so, so Jerusalem, Judea, uh, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So we start in this little, little town, and then we spread out. And then Jesus said, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. These are the people that are outside of your, your normal reach, the, the different countries, the different continents, the different ethnic groups. These are people who also need a gospel invitation. These are people who you and I uh, have already been empowered to witness to. That's what the word says. And so maybe this is something you want to consider a, a mission trip going overseas. I know several have. I know Kendall's been to, to India. I know that some of you here have, have gone out of the country on other uh, mission trips. So you might, might want to consider that. But you say, listen, I don't know if I could ever do that. And you might not be able to face-to-face -face witness to these people. But it could be that, again, you could support in some way, you know. Here at ECCC, we are currently supporting mission work in India, Haiti, Eastern Europe, basically all over the world. We are supporting missions that are reaching people where none of us are probably willing to go or ever going to go. We support organizations that are based here in the United States, such as TCM International, IDES. Two incredible organizations, TCM comes alongside Christians who are leading in their own countries who have a passion for reaching people for Jesus Christ. And so what they do is they identify Christian leaders within their community, people in their countries, in their community, and they raise up these people who are indigenous to that particular region for a fraction of the cost that it would take to send a United States missionary over there, right? And so what they do is they, they, they come alongside these people and they raise them up and they train them. And eventually, I think it, it actually works out better because these individuals are local. 
Most of the time, they're more trusted because they are local. They already know the culture. They already know the language. And so they're able to have long-term successful ministries because they're one of them. And they're ready for a lifetime of service. And each quarter, because of what you give through the mission's offerings, you send money to that organization and you are reaching people all over the world. Another mission that I believe in wholeheartedly that I think is good, uh, we give money to AIDS, International Disaster Emergency Services. So what this does, they're, they're also based in the United States, but if there's an earthquake or there's a tsunami or there's a tornado or there's a war like in the Ukraine, AIDS springs into action with the intention of meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the people in that area that has been devastated. And they go all over the world and they share the good news of Jesus Christ. They meet the physical needs so that people can know why they're meeting those physical needs and it's because we believe in, in Jesus. Recently, they were just down in eastern Kentucky, right here in our own country, uh, working with those who had been devastated by the floods. And it's amazing to me how God can take just a little bit of money that maybe each of us individually gives through our offering, multiplies that, sends it to these organizations, and lives are being changed all over the world. You say, that sounds great. Didn't know we could do that. How do we do that? Um, Sit tight, and I'll explain it to you here in just a little bit, but I want to keep moving with something else. But Again, he takes our money, I believe, and multiplies it, meets the needs of individuals clear on the other side of the world. It's pretty amazing. I think it's going to be awesome to someday when we get to heaven and uh, we run into somebody in heaven that says, you know that 20 bucks that you didn't really have but you gave it sacrificially to Ides and they came and that's why I'm here. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe something like that will happen. I don't know. But it's amazing to see what God is doing all over the world. And we're also very different, too. Uh, we're different in our passions. We're different in our causes. The things that motivate us to action, they're all different. And, and our differences are beautiful. They're God-given, but it's also important to remember that we all have the same goal. Even though there's a lot of differences in this room, we have different gifts, but the same goal. How many of you have ever thought this? Man, the world would be a whole lot easier if everybody just agreed with me. Right? The world would be a whole lot easier if everybody was just like me. Or maybe some of you are sitting out there thinking, man, what a boring world this would be if everybody were just like me. Right? It would be bland. It would be flavorless if everybody was exactly the same. Whatever you think about that... I want you to understand that diversity of gifts and diversity of personalities within the body of Christ is a beautiful thing that was created by God. It's a God-ordained thing. He created all of us differently for a reason, right? He created us in this way to be a blessing and, and not a curse, right? You look differently than others. Amen? (laughs) 
some of you are going, yeah, no, you know, and then some of you are going, yeah, no, you know. It doesn't matter. God created you that way. Embrace it, love it, right? You look differently than others. You think differently than others. You feel differently than others. You respond to different things differently than others. You are immersed in diversity all around you every single day of our lives, and it is to the glory of God. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And so here's the deal. You know, I know a lot of you in, in your work, and, and when I'm talking about diversity, I'm not talking about like the diversity training, all that kind of stuff that you have to go through in your work and in school and all. That's not the diversity I'm talking about. I'm talking about God has created each of us differently with different gifts and different personalities, right? And, and the Lord is working through in all of those situations. He's working through all of those, those differences, and it's all for His glory, and it's for the common good. And so that means that, that this good includes things like serving others, forgiving others, reconciling with others, promoting justice for others. But the primary goal in all of this is to spread the kingdom net. That's what it all boils down to, guys. Part of our diversity within the body of Christ, part of our unique gifting, call it whatever you want, is, is for all of us to be a part of God's plan. And here's the Apostle Paul talking about this again, this time in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 5 through 8. He says this, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts, but we're one body, and we all belong to each other in His grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Whatever your gifting is, do it to the best of your ability. Because here's the deal. It's all needed. It's all necessary. And if you're holding out, you're hurting the body of Christ. Frankly, if we're going to be spreading the kingdom net to the furthest reaches of humanity, we need everyone with all of these gifts, all of these abilities, all of these passions together. The job is way too big and way too difficult for just a few people doing it. In fact, without each other, we really don't stand a chance. But here's the good news. The good news is we have each other, and the Bible promises we have Christ. Right? He is with you. He said, and surely 
I will be with you. As, as, as the Gospel of Matthew comes to a close, Jesus gives the disciples a, uh, some very specific instructions. Right? Throughout history, the section I'm referring to is, is known as the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28. And in it, Jesus gives the disciples. And, and this is interesting to me. Um, I, I heard this said. I can't remember who said it. But it was said one time that if you want to know what's important to a person... Listen to their last words, right? Listen to their last words. Just before they die, listen to their last words. Well, Jesus wasn't dead. He was very much alive, but he was getting ready to leave the earth, right? This was the last time he was going to be seen physically here in this life. And just before he ascended back to heaven, his very last words were this. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And so Jesus tells that first group of disciples, many of whom are the very same fishermen that he turned into fishers of people, To essentially spread the kingdom net, extend the gospel invitation, make disciples of all nations to the very ends of the earth. This has been the message of Christ to his gathered people, his church, for 2,000 years. And it's not going to change. That's it. And what I love about this passage of scripture is how it ends. And be sure of this. I am with you always. Even to the ends of the age. So Jesus, instead of kicking us out of the proverbial nest and saying, good luck spreading the good news. He says, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. For better, for worse, all the way to the end. That's the king of kings. That's the creator of the universe says, I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. And I don't know of a king that's more dedicated to his people than that. And so when he says, go make disciples, when he says, I've given you the Holy Spirit to empower you, when he promises to be with us, to the end, I'm going to take his word on that, and I'm hooked, and I hope you're hooked as well, I hope you're ready to jump out of the boat, drop the nets, walk with Jesus, and it's not easy always, I can't promise you that it's going to be easy, but man, the rewards are worth it. I can tell you it's going to be the greatest adventure you've ever been on. It'll take you places that you never even thought you'd go. The Holy Spirit will give you words to speak that you didn't even know were bouncing around in your brain. I've witnessed that as well. Have you ever had a conversation with someone? You're sharing the good news with someone. They ask you a question. You don't really know the answer. All of a sudden, you're given the answer, and you go, I'm not that smart. Anybody ever done that? It's the Holy Spirit. 
if you can't go, will you give? Let me just hit on that very quickly. If you have, here's something you can do. If you have offering envelopes, I intended to grab one before I came up here, but, but um, I'm getting old and I forget things. So I didn't. But if you look on your offering envelope, there, there's three different places. There's like a general and there's a building. There's four, actually. We have Thrive on there now, right? Five? Four. I can't see that. Like five? There's five places. Okay, there's five places you can designate your offering. But one of those is missions, right? And, and, and if you're one of those people that's passionate about missions, or even if you're not passionate about missions, but you sit and listen today, and you, you've heard me talking about it, you go, listen, I'm never, I'm never going to go to Africa I'm never going to go to Australia. I'm never going to go to the ends of the earth. I'm never going to go to the inner city and minister. Maybe that's you. But you say, I, w- I want to do something. W- would you consider just making above and beyond what you generally do a contribute? I know I'm starting to sound like a televangelist right now. But if you, can you go above and beyond for the sake of Jesus to extend the net into all the world? You have no idea what God can do with that when you give it in faith. Just look on that envelope and and write down how much of your gift you want to go to missions and every penny of it will go there. Some of you have reached out recently and said, I've been trying to give online, but I'm struggling. I can't. Has anybody done that recently? And, And well, there's a reason for that. We've done a very poor job of letting you know we have a new website. And uh, when you go to the old website and you try to give online, you can't do it. Uh, so we have a new website. It's called visiteccc.com. You might want to write that down, visiteccc.com. You can go on there and you can give online. You can also designate your giving on there. That's all I'm going to talk about uh, as far as giving, okay, uh, for now. <laughs> uh, but I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, maybe you haven't made a decision yet to follow Christ. So a lot of this doesn't really resonate with you. Um, but maybe you've been thinking about placing your trust in Jesus and being baptized into him. We want to encourage you to consider that this morning. The Bible tells us that when we confess Jesus as the Christ, when we repent of our sins, we're baptized into him, it washes away all of our sins, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and it gives us a new direction. Maybe that's what you need to do today. You start to understand maybe some more of what what we're talking about. But maybe some of you, you made that decision a long time ago, but maybe you just need to recommit to getting serious about fishing for people. Maybe we've just been... A little lax in taking serious Jesus' final words when he told us to go make disciples. Maybe some of you just need to um, have prayer today. I I don't know what's going on in in your life. Um, Jesus does. Maybe you just need prayed with today. Love to pray with you. Come to the front. We'd, we'd pray with you this morning. Our worship team is going to come. We're going we're gonna to offer a song of decision. And whatever your, your need is uh, today, we, we encourage you to consider being obedient to what God is maybe placing on your heart. Um, if you're watching online, feel free to reach out to us through our church connection number or, or through social media, however you want to do it, or, or uh, call the office, email us, whatever. 
uh, we'd love to talk to you about what your next step uh, might be in this journey with Jesus. So let's all stand together, uh, and we're going to pray, and, and uh, Kendall's down here at the front to meet with anybody that might need prayer or maybe have a decision uh, this morning. Let's, let's bow.